Coming up on this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society, the only way to know if this episode is counterfeit is to try to donate it to Blathers. Or to just use a guide. It's dangerous to go alone, so the Nintendo Cartridge Society goes with you. Welcome to Nintendo Cartridge Society. My name is Patrick Ellers, and I am joined, as always, by my co-host, Mark Mitchell. We've got a good show for you today. We are going to be talking about the news from the week, including new updates to both Super Mario Maker 2 and Animal Crossing. And then on Thursday, we are going to be celebrating the conclusion of Retro Month with the return of some definitive rankings. But Mark, in the meantime, how you doing? I'm doing so good. Um, yeah. It was, like, so hot over the weekend in L.A. It Yes, look, I know we retired our weather segment, but I can no longer be silent on this matter. It was 98 <laughs> degrees on Friday. The weather segment is always there in our back pocket when we need it, because sometimes we have to talk about weather, and I know, I know we are not a Nintendo, or excuse me, a weather-related show, but the fact that we used to do weather and guest weather means that we always have the option to talk about it with no repercussions. Uh, yes, of, of course. We always have the option. It's always there. And no one can take that away. <laughs> um, Mark, uh, I, I need to tell you something that happened with my Nintendo Switch just moments before we started recording. Yeah, I've been in suspense since you told me you had something to tell me. I said, I have something to tell you, Mark. Something happened to my Switch. I, it was sitting on my desk. Uh, with Joy-Cons off, right, uh, and out of the dock. Uh, and I picked it up, and I was like, this needs to not be on my desk so I can do a podcast with my friend Mark. Uh, and I like it kind of brushed against my bed, and the kickstand fell off. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so... My question now is, what do I? What do I do? Do I just try to like jam it back in place? <laughs> Was the kickstand engaged when you threw it? Uh, so I didn't throw it. I did. <laughs> I did. When you tossed it carelessly into the That's wall. Right. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> when I slammed it against the wall. Uh. So I I don't know I think it's it's possible that I was like absentmindedly like uh, picking at the bottom of it, um, but I don't really have any recollection of what I was doing with it. I do not recall, sir, is my answer. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, you don't want to incriminate yourself, and that's fine. Thank that you. is acceptable Thank on you. your own podcast. The law says we can't make you incriminate yourself if you're recording a podcast. <laughs> This, now, this is true. Anything that you say in a podcast cannot be used against you in the court of law. <laughs> uh, that's why they made that serial podcast. That's what, exactly. Um, so if it were me, and it's mm -hmm. not, clearly, it's you, um, I would not worry about the kickstand because I never use it. And so to me, the kickstand not existing um, wouldn't is not necessarily a negative thing because I don't know that I've ever used it. So here's the thing. Uh, I also do not use it frequently, or at least had not. But in the last like two weeks, 
I have really taken to setting it up next to the TV when I'm watching a movie, like uh, when I don't have anything else to do uh, during these times that no one has anything to do. Um, and like just sort of doing casual Animal Crossing things while I watch TV or something. Uh, and because I've got such severe Joy-Con drift, I don't want to be holding it. I want to use my Pro Controller. So like I have been using the kickstand. That makes complete sense. In which case, I think your only recourse is to buy one of the Animal Crossing Special Editions from wherever you have to get one. Mark, you monster. Okay, look, <laughs> that's not going to happen. Just like you're not going to be able to borrow my copy of Sonic Forces. But if you would like to get on the list to eventually someday borrow my copy of Sonic Forces, it's easy. All you got to do is email us at Nintendo Cartridge Society at, at gmail.com gmail. and give us a mailing address where I can send my copy of this game for you to play. Someday, someday. Uh, uh, we'll be sending things through the mail again and it'll be uh, beautiful and you can play it for as long as you want and then you send it back. It costs you what? Nothing. It costs you nothing. I don't want to jinx this, but I think we figured out the at gmail.com thing and I think that our original plan actually worked, um, but we thought we were like too smart for it. Uh, yeah, no, I think, I think we're good now. It, it's starting to sound right. I don't know that it'll ever be like perfectly in right. sync. Mm -hmm. Um, but, uh, and when I say never, I mean, uh, someday you and I will be in the same room again. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of someday being in the same room again, thank you to everyone who has added us as friends on Switch. Um, it has been such a delight to have the friend requests rolling in, um, to see what everybody's been playing, to see everybody online with Animal Crossing. And not playing Animal Crossing. It's been a while since um, I have opened up my island to just, like, everyone to come hang out. So I should do that this week. You know, every now and then I go, uh, I just see uh, which of my friends have their islands open. And we'll just visit a random island that's open. Um, and usually I am met by uh, someone, like, running to the airport to be like, who is this that's coming to my island? And then they see that it's me, and they're like, oh, okay, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> well, everybody's a big uh, Smashing Pumpkins fan. And look, if, if you don't know, I'm doing a little Billy Corgan cosplay. I'm wearing a black T-shirt that says zero on it, um, and it's got little stars on it. Uh, they won't let me be bald, so I can only be so Billy Corgan. Um, and also, look, if anyone has a lead on any silver pants, I am looking for Billy Corgan during the uh, Bullet with Butterfly Wings video, which means he's got the black tussly hair and a black shirt that says zero on it and silver pants. I can't find silver pants. If anyone has them, please let me know. I would love to buy them off you. Um, okay, Mark, let's get into what we've been playing this week. <laughs> Okay, wait, before we get into it, one thing I failed to add when I was thanking everybody for adding us as friends mm. is that you can find our friend code in the description of every single episode of the show, so you should uh, add us as friends. It's a lot of fun, and if, if, if it's not a lot of fun, it doesn't harm, harm you in any way. That's right, uh, and uh, we accept all friend requests. I've right. not turned down a single one. <laughs> the no, because the stakes are so low. <laughs> <laughs> Um, what have I been playing? Animal Crossing, of course. Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, I've actually been taking a little bit of care with my island, which uh, 
took me, you know, like mm-hmm. I've been treating my island kind of like a dorm room. You know, it was just kind of haphazard. I would throw things together and you're like, yeah, that's like kind of nice. But then I've been visiting other people's islands, including yours, Patrick, which is like so well like laid out and thoughtfully maintained that it inspired me to like at least take baby steps in that direction. So with uh, the update that we'll be talking about a little bit later. Uh, I bought some like hedges from Leaf and created like a little hedge maze. I had like a little like fairground, like amusement park area that I've kind of like guzzied up a little bit. So that's where I've been spending a lot of my time is just on these like little projects, like spending an exorbitant amount of bells to move uh, buildings around on my island. So uh, there's actually beginning to be some semblance of a master plan. Um, that's wonderful. Uh, do do. I have so th- thank you for your your kind words about how my island is is laid out. Um, I had a very fun time visiting your island on Saturday uh, when we were playing for a little bit. Um, Saturday was a good social day on Animal Crossing for me. Um, Kelly came over to my island for a while. Previous guest uh, uh, Kelly Nugent. Um, I went to my friend Trisha's island. She came and visited me for a little bit. Uh, you and I hung out. Um, Saturday was like an Animal Crossing heavy morning for me. I probably put four, five, possibly six hours into that game. Um, but it you know, it all feels like, uh, just, it feels very social. Right. Um, and even the times when I'm not, uh, you know, online with other people, I'm still sort of like engaged in thinking about how other people are playing the game. And like, does, does Kelly need these flowers? What can I get from Mark? You know, everything. What can I take from Mark? (laughs) (laughs) um yeah it's just it's it's a game that encourages me to think about the other people that i know that are playing it um but i also wanted to uh say that i have not spent any bells to move any buildings on my island except for my own home um every every house that i've placed um i have uh like built the town sort of around like my early decisions uh and it does seem surprisingly well organized in retrospect, but it was not at first. <laughs> at first, I was just like, Sheldon, you go here. Agnes, you go here. I don't know. Um, You've also been doing some, like, flower crossbreeding. Yes. Yeah, thank you for reminding me. Um, Yes. So I looked up um some flower crossbreeding optimization charts um for, like, a five-by-five five grid of planting flowers of different varieties and colors uh, in ways to maximize uh, the crossbreeding of new flower colors. So um, it's, uh, it is, I, I feel like a mad scientist. Uh, so far, none of it has paid off, but I know it takes a couple <laughs> days. Uh, but I set it all up on Friday, so it should start to pay off uh, soon. I don't know to what end I am doing this, other than I just want to have grown all the flowers on my island. Right, you want to play God on your own island. That's all I want. All I want is to play God. Uh, also, um, for people like me, and I think you, Patrick, who have not caught tar- a tarantula yet. Um, oh, yes. The end of April is the last opportunity you have to catch a tarantula if you're in the Northern Hemisphere. Um, and if you're in the Southern Hemisphere, that is true for you for scorpions. And then they will flip. Uh, in May. So we will get, in the Northern Hemisphere, we will get scorpions, and our friends in the Southern Hemisphere will get uh, 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 tarantulas. tarantulas. I don't know why I forgot. I had just said that word <laughs> moments before. 
Uh, can I confess to you that both scare me? I don't like either. <laughs> well, the thing that I am finding frustrating is that I like really want to catch a tarantula, and I've encountered them multiple times, but I'm always too slow on the uh, uh, on the yeah, net. Yeah, too slow with the net. <laughs> yeah. So, but one day I am I am hopeful that before the end of uh, the month I'll be able to pull it off. Uh, Mark and I also were playing a little Super Mario Maker 2 together. Um, we uh, This is the first time that we tried to do this, although I think we talked about trying it before, um, that uh, we just go in and play some uh, some competitive and some co-op levels together. Uh, and it, I, I know, Mark, you said that uh, you had had some experiences trying to do it with randos um, where like the infrastructure chugged or it wasn't working, but it was a really smooth, fast, fun experience when you and I did it. Yeah, um, yeah, I had I had tried it way back when the game first launched, and it was basically impossible to play with, um, just like random people on the internet. And I haven't really tried since then, so I don't know if it's improved with the updates. Uh, did you have a chance to check out like the um, uh, the world builder or like play other people's worlds? Uh, so I have not, but I figured we could talk about that uh when we get into the news. Sounds fair. Um, one last thing that I did, uh, play this week, um, there was a Tetris Maximus cup in Tetris 99. Uh, I am sorry that we did not alert you to that. Uh, it was another one that they announced, I believe after we recorded, but maybe we just weren't paying attention to it. It was ring fit adventure themed. So I was like, oh, I got to get in there and get this, uh, get the theme. Uh, and on my second game, I got a a first place victory and got the hundred points. I was like, great. (laughs) And then I put it down. The closest probably either one of us will ever get to owning Ring Fit Adventure. <laughs> Boy, that's sad. Um, the the price on that still hasn't budged. It's uh the the secondhand sellers are still going for like two eighty two ninety, which is ridiculous. Um, okay, well that's what we've been playing this week. Let's get into the new releases and what we might be playing next week. On Wednesday, April 29th, SNK Gals Fighters is released on the Switch eShop. This is a, the only reason it came to my attention is because I saw Jeremy Parrish uh, from Retronauts um, uh, tweeting about it, being like, I can't believe this is happening. The uh, ne- It's a Neo Geo Pocket Color game from 2000. So it's like, it's celebrating its 20th birthday this year. Um, I think it's cool that just like random games like this are showing up on Switch. It's also uh, kind of impressive how good the SNK fighting game, uh, like as a as a genre, is represented on Switch. Uh, and I don't know if this is the first Neo Geo Pocket uh, fighting game that that's in here. Um, I mean, obviously, uh, Pocket Rumble was a sort of like homage to that. Um, which is a game that I, I like re-picked up a, a couple uh, months ago now um, and played for a little while. And like the game really does have like a, a finite amount of like appeal to it, right? Um, but I mean, SNK Gals Fighters? I mean, come on, man. <laughs> it's got the gals in it. It's got all the gals. And then on Thursday, April 30th, there's a new Sega Ages released. It's a G-Lock Air Battle, which is a combat flight simulator. And also, Streets of Rage 4 is released. Um, this is like this is a sequel that has the blessing of Sega, but it is developed by 
at least in part by Dot Emu, which is the same devs that did the Wonder Boy Dragon's Trap game from 2017 and the forthcoming Windjammers 2. So they're kind of like carving a niche out for themselves with these like retro-esque um, games. Yeah, it, it's cool that... Um... I, like, I wonder if they were, like, approach these things where, like, oh, it'd be cool to do a spiritual sequel to Streets of Rage. And then they're just like, let's just see if we can do a Streets of Rage. <laughs> um, yeah, and I think, you know, like, it's fun that we're kind of reaching the point in some of these franchises' lives where people who grew up liking the games are, like, in a position to make a spiritual successor that could potentially just turn into the real thing. Yeah, a- a- absolutely. Um, are, are Do any of these uh, games that you mentioned uh, interest you to the point where you may actually pick one of them up? I don't think so. Um, Gals Fighters, like, I don't I don't know fighting games that well. I'm definitely SNK fighting games that well. Uh, Combat Flight Simulator, not my thing. And then Streets of Rage 4, like, beat-em-ups aren't really my thing either. Oh, I wonder if we could play that one online. Oh, yeah, that's a good question. I'm I'm gonna look into whether that one's got uh, online multiplayer, um, because that could be fun. Now I'm thinking about whether the uh, Capcom Beat 'Em Up bundle has online play, because if it does, I'm gonna make my friend Pete buy it, and then we're gonna play those games together. Pete, if you're listening to this, you're on notice. We're probably gonna buy this game and play it together. <laughs> um, all right, uh, so let's get out of the new releases. time for a regular segment on our show it's time for 433 in 1952 american composer john cage wrote a piece called 433 where in a performer or group of performers didn't play their instruments for four minutes and 33 seconds for the purposes of this show our instruments are talking about nintendo so for the duration of one performance of 433 mark and i will talk about something not at all nintendo related thus fulfilling the contract of the piece mark today of course we are talking about uh articles of clothing that require more maintenance than simple washing um before we get into that uh what's the laundry situation in your house do you have a designated laundry washer do you guys do your laundry separate uh we do our we it's it's a team effort um we don't do our laundry separate it all goes into like a single hamper and then um we'll just like we have a combo washer dryer which means like it takes a really long time to do like one load of laundry so if we have a full laundry basket and we're like all right we're gonna do everything then it takes a good two days like full two days to like get through everything wow 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 is that in the unit yeah yep wow wow (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> um yeah i mean for uh sarah and i do our, our laundry separately um and i don't really know why that is but that's what we do <laughs> um do so uh you know our articles of clothing that require more maintenance beyond a regular wash um what are the are the do you have like a bunch of clothes that you uh, have to take to the dry cleaners or uh anything that you need to iron yeah, so I think we both have like lots of shirts that we should iron, but yes. and we own an iron and an ironing board, but we never iron. And my mom, she did such a good job of teaching me how to iron, and I've basically forgotten it. Like I can fake my way through it if I'm going to a wedding or something, but to do right. it like um well or to do it in like uh like uh, the proper manner that you're like, yep, this makes sense and saves time and like all that kind of sure. stuff. 
Like, I have totally forgotten how to do it well. Yeah, uh, well, I, I've certainly forgotten how to do it uh, uh, quickly. Um, like, it, it takes me a long time, and I'm always, like, a little bit afraid of the iron, you know, because it's hot. Um, <laughs> but I, I feel like I, when I do it, I do a good job of ironing shirts. Um, and sometimes I'll just get, like, a little, like, you know, a little, like, bug in my ear of, like, you should iron all your shirts, and then I do it. Um, and then everything looks great for, you know, a week and a half. And then they've been in the hamper again, and then everything's wrinkly. <laughs> well, the other thing is that I the uh, for the past few years I've worked at a job where, um, like it doesn't require the, the like the dress code is pretty loose, and so yeah. you know like wearing a college shirt, maybe like a polo or something, but like rarely have I had to wear shirts that like require ironing, or if I do, I'll like keep do it during winter when i can hide it underneath a sweater or something <laughs> that's a good move though <laughs> that is a great move <laughs> and also like for most weddings you're also like wearing a jacket too so like you know by the time that jacket comes out off and you're on the dance floor like no one's gonna see the wrinkles because your shirt's already soaked in your own sweat <laughs> is that just me <laughs> you know that i might also, just be me i will also say that like um Move, like having this is the first time in I don't even know how long that I've had like a washer dryer in my apartment and that for me was a game changer because before when I was going to a laundromat it was like no everything is going into as few washers and as few yes. dryers as possible so I'm, I'm picking the most like milk toast setting and hoping that it all just like evens itself out <laughs> well right because at some point you're just like is it technically getting clean <laughs> right uh, and look, laundromats, I mean, I'm glad they're there, but like, y there's no, a laundromat is, I can't even think of like a, a good analogy. It's uh, the place that you just, you want to spend as little time there as possible. It's absolutely, right? it's absolutely the DMV of laundry for sure. Yes, 100%. That you're spending too much time there. You wish you were spending less time there, but you have to go. <laughs> um, I also, I, I, I do have a few articles of clothing, uh, you know, beyond like my suit that uh, are dry clean only, um, like my uh, Luke Skywalker flight jacket. Um, I, I, I won't have that washed uh, in any way other than, than dry clean. Um, and uh, which means it is frequently dirtier than I would like it to be. <laughs> but also, uh, you know, it's Dagobah I, dirty. I, it's it is Dagobah dirty. Thank you. Now, it's do supposed we, to be a little grimy. Do we trust the hand wash cycle on washing machines? Mm, I don't. I don't think we do. No. But I guess we'll never know for sure. I guess I, I guess we'll never know for sure whether whether we trust it or not. We were accompanied today by the K two Orchestra. All right, Mark. Let's get into the news. Okay, so as sometimes happens to us, immediately after we stopped recording last week, Nintendo announced two big updates. First, the final update for Super Mario Maker 2, um, and the update launched on April 22nd and included a bunch of wishlist items for this game. Yeah, so... Uh, I, I know that uh, I wrote the, the beginning of this news item uh, saying that it is the final update. They said it is the final major update. So there may be, you know, who knows what else in the future. Um, but uh, yeah, they, they specifically called this the final major update, meaning, Pro yeah. 
probably like you know what we saw with Splatoon two, where they're like, this is the final content update, but there's been continual you know like maintenance and smaller balancing and things like that. Yeah. Um. So what? It's kind of uh, amazing that this thing uh, was announced and came out over the course of like two days, um, when we hadn't really heard anything about Super Mario Maker since that uh, Zelda update a couple months ago. Um, yep. It feels like a very weird rollout plan for for DLC. And totally par for the course, I think, for how yeah. Mario Maker 2 has been handled or, you know, it, yeah, it's just interesting because uh, the way that they, and I, I don't know, I part of me sometimes is like Nintendo's, the way that they like announce these updates and roll them out doesn't really make any sense. Right, like they're like Mario Maker Two One mm-hmm. is coming, and also guess what? This like Animal Crossing thing is happening, and we're tweeting this on the same day, and then you know, like it'll be months before you hear from us again. You know, so like just have at it. But um, on the other hand, it's like sure, why not? You know, uh, you you either have ra- like rabid fans like us who are paying attention to this stuff, or you right. have more casual fans who are paying attention to one or not the other. Um, and it doesn't really matter how you're uh, metering it out. It also might have been that, like, they were saving some of this stuff for, like, a direct or something, and then we're like, uh, you know what? The other stuff that we were going to announce with it, they're not ready. Just put out the two videos separately. And, like, again, like, it's uh, honestly, uh, I, I love, of course, I love a, you know, full Nintendo Direct that is, like, here's a little look at everything. Here's teasing some enormous stuff. But, um... Like, yeah, here's four minutes about what's new in Super Mario Maker. Rad. Yeah, absolutely. I completely agree. Um, So, yeah, let's get into, like, what is new in Mario Maker. There there are, of course, new power-ups, including some, like, uh, Super Mario Brothers 2 stuff for the first time in a Mario Maker game. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, the, uh, the Super Mario Brothers 2 mushroom, which turns Mario into the Super Mario Brothers 2 or Super Mario USA version of himself, um, which means that you can, like, land on enemies without killing them, and then you can pick them up. Uh, it also means that you, when you're in a snowy level, you can just pick up a snowball out of nothing. <laughs> yeah, it also means that, uh, what is its name, Fanto? Um, yeah. the like evil mask that follows you around after you pick up keys in uh, Super Mario Brothers 2. They included that in here, which is, I think, a lot of fun to see that included. Yeah, totally. Uh, you also have the frog suit from Super Mario Brothers 3 that also lets you run across the surface of the water. Which was you... not a, a functionality of, of the frog suit before. Um, it used to just be that you... Uh, could swim more easily that like you push up to swim up down to swim down instead of like having to jam on that jump button it seems like that functionality is back here um but also we can run across the water um did did we see him uh like hopping around at all because there's like a reduced mobility thing right as well i don't i don't remember if we saw it in the video okay and i haven't encountered a level that used it yet okay we also got the power balloon from Super Mario World, which you, like, inhale, and it puffs you up, and you can, like, float around for a little bit. Although, you have a note here that it behaves a little differently than the original game. Yeah, so, uh, again, it's not one that I've uh, actually encountered, but from the video, it looks like they are, uh, like, changing the direction that Mario is facing and, like, breathe, like 
blowing out gusts of air to like uh, propel oh. him in one direction or another. Whereas in the original, you just sort of like float and you can kind of drift left or right. Um, really, it, it seems like it's got a little bit more um, momentum and speed to it than the original uh, people in. You also got the squirrel acorn from New Super Mario Brothers that gives him like a squirrel suit. The boomerang flower from Super Mario Brothers 3D World or Super Mario 3D uh, World. Yeah, which is great. Um, and I'm so excited to see more of the Super Mario 3D World uh, power-ups in here. Um, that uh, that boomerang suit is so much fun. And like uh, you can use it, obviously, to uh, kill enemies or to like hit blocks and like trigger stuff. So it, it seems uh, really cool. You also got some of 3D World's box heads, like the cannon box, the propeller box, the red pow box, the Goomba, and then like a Goomba mask, and also one that uh, I think is totally new, which is just the bullet bill mask. Yeah, which like gives Mario a like vertical flight sort of thing. It reminds me a lot of um, like capturing a bullet bill in Odyssey. Then you also have the Koopalings, which is all seven Koopalings available in every theme, and they all they contain different moves and attack patterns, uh, which is fun to see because a lot of times I feel like in the more recent uh, like times that we've seen the Koopalings, they are just like skins of one another. Oh sure, like in Mario Kart or um, Smash Brothers. Mm-hmm. Then we yeah, I think it. I think it's really cool to see them in here, um, if for no other reason than, uh, like, boss fights in Super Mario Maker uh, come in, like, two varieties, right? It, there's uh, a giant Bowser, and there's a giant Bowser Jr., <laughs> and, like, that's all people throw at you. Um, and so it'll, it'll be really cool to just have a tiny bit of variety um, to have the seven different Koopalings in here. And some new course parts, of course. So the cursed key, which is a variation on the key, that makes Fanto the mask from Super Mario Brothers 2 chase you. Uh, there's an on and off trampoline. The Mecha Koopas are here. There's in different variations. So there's standard Mecha Koopa. Then there's red Mecha Koopas that shoot like homing missiles out of their mouths. And then blue Mecha Koopas that shoot laser beams out of their mouths. Now, as far as I can tell, blue Mecha Koopas that shoot laser beams out of their mouths, uh, that's uh, brand new, right? Like, we've never seen that before. Have we ever seen red Koopalings that shoot homing <laughs> missiles out of their mouths? Not as far as no. I'm aware. No, me neither. It, se- it seems like there, there are a lot of places where like, oh, yeah, we, you know, we're missing this thing. It should be in there. And then they're like, what if it had four more functionalities? <laughs> it's like, oh, God. <laughs> Uh, and then there's also noted here that uh, it's all of jet engines at night. I don't know what that means. They 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 all have uh they all have jet engines on them at night, so they all fly around uh when you're doing an, a night version. Oh, of the levels. gotcha, gotcha. And then uh probably like I feel like one of the most requested features since Mario Maker since the original Mario Maker for the Wii U is World Maker. So yeah, this allows you in like the Super Mario world theme to build paths bridges hills warp pipes and you're connecting them like world 
level to level, you're building this overworld. So instead of having to do just like one level at a time, you're kind of like stringing your levels together. And if you're building them with a theme, they yep. like like one of the ones I did was all built around Mecha Koopas. And so like each level kind of upped the ante on the way the Mecha Koopas were being used. That's so cool, man. It's uh, th This is definitely something that feels like it has the potential to change the way people approach making levels uh, in this game. Um, so many of the levels that you and I were playing together this weekend and so many of the levels that I played in the past seem like they are uh, making sure to maximize, you like to like really wear out an idea and really fill up a fill up the space in the level. Um, but I think if you know that you're going to be connecting your level to other levels, that you don't need to wear yourself out on any given level. If you know there's a sequel to it coming up later, or uh, uh, what comes next, that you don't have to you know, burn the idea to the ground in order to feel like you've actually done it. Yeah, totally. And like, I like that they included some of the other stuff that we would expect in an overworld. So they have a bonus game. They have like the match three bonus game yeah. from Super Mario Brothers three. They have different themes for the overworlds, like some classics like Grassland, an underground theme, desert, snow, sky, forest, volcano, outer space. And then you can have like eight worlds and 40 levels. So you can basically string you know, all of your levels together and create an actual like Mario game for the most part, which is just like really cool. And of course there are limitations to what you can and can't do, but I feel like this was something that people have been asking for for so long and it felt so obvious, but like one of those obvious Nintendo things that I didn't think it was actually going to happen. Yeah. So uh, do, do you think that this uh, update, now that it is out, uh, actually gives, I feel like it has the potential to give Super Mario Maker 2 like a, a new lease on life, um, but does it actually? Like, are these updates well known enough? Is it publicized enough? Is it a big enough deal to get the game back in the hands of creators and therefore back in the hands of players who really want uh, these more full game experiences? I still feel like for Super Mario Maker 2 in general and for like my experience with it specifically that I really need somebody to be curating which worlds yeah. and stuff are like a fun, good, well-designed use of my time. Because on Saturday when I was playing through a couple of the worlds, um, you know, they had like good levels, but a lot of it was just kind of like the frustrating stuff that you see in like Super Mario Maker 2 all the time where it's either like too hard or too complicated or too long. And I really wish that like Nintendo was more active in highlighting like really good examples of what these levels should be. Like if they're not going to create yeah. them themselves, that's fine. But like on your social media team, I feel like they should. It would be so great for somebody like me if I could just follow like nin a Nintendo feed, and that they would be highlighting like, "Hey, check out this world!" Like this is one. This just like best practices because otherwise, I think like the the levels aren't that fun to play. So it's like mm. not like enough to get me to like go back and keep trying because the few that are good is not worth waiting through all the other ones. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, I, I, I definitely do know what you mean. And I, it does seem like 
I mean, I know curation uh, and discoverability is a problem on all kinds of platforms, especially ones with a uh, user generated content, um, because sort of the most like gimmicky stuff gets uh, kind of pushed to the front just because it's easy to engage with and it's easy to like, you know, an automatic level that like plays music or whatever. Um, so, yeah, I, I also wish that they had a way to um, highlight uh creators and levels and worlds that are you know like doing the true like mario spirit um and i also wish that there was uh some sort of functionality with the uh nintendo switch online phone app um that it there there was there was a website or something with the original super mario maker that allowed you to like tag levels um to like play later on your wii u it's uh a crime that that sort of functionality is not available now um like sharing levels is kind of uh it's a little bit of a pain and it should be super super easy especially with how well the switch is integrated with like twitter and uh facebook um like you should just be able to uh send a like facebook link to your nintendo switch account um and like have that uh that level up and ready to go yeah one of the do you remember i mean it still exists but uh smash world i think it was called the yes the, like super smash brothers ultimate functionality that's in the nintendo switch online phone app and yeah like they had something similar to what you're talking about where you could browse levels that other like yeah. browse stages that other people had made and you could favorite them and download them and all that kind of stuff directly from the phone app and yeah i completely agree like it is a missed opportunity that there isn't something like that in super mario maker 2 because i i would love to be able to be like watching tv but also casually browsing through the app and just like marking ones that seemed interesting to me that i could then go back and play later on mario maker 2 yeah it also seems like that would be a way easier way for people to like curate lists of levels to play or worlds or recommend creators or, or whatever um right now that's that's all very hard like if if i wanted to find worlds that you recommended i don't even know how i would do that unless you went out of your way to do it on like a separate platform yeah i'm not even sure how i would recommend them other than like writing almost like writing down by hand the level codes yeah i guess you could take screen grabs and print and uh tweet those out mm -hmm. so maybe it's <laughs> it's still only a couple button presses but um it's it, it seems like it should be uh easier or that it should be encouraging you to share stuff that you like and it's not Animal Crossing also got a big update this past week, um, version 1.2.0. So part of it is they're like, hey, there's a bunch of events that are coming soon. Um, happening right now is Nature Day, which I've got to admit, I don't entirely understand. Uh, <laughs> and then there's a May Day tour that's happening from um may 1st to may 7th where you can use a like may day ticket to visit a unique special island featuring rover then yeah it, this this one seems mysterious so like the nintendo didn't really detail what happens on this new island um and also didn't explain why we haven't seen rover before this point in the game rover normally meets you on the train on your way to the town for for the first time and asks you personal questions about yourself so that like the game knows you um but uh the timmy and tommy nook did that in this one yeah i like you know they're um it's interesting how they're using the characters i'm waiting for mr Rossetti to show up basically yes. is what i'm saying because i know that he's going to show up in some 
fashion uh, or at least mm-hmm. I'm praying he does in the future, but he, it, he won't be like warning you about resetting your game. So what is he going to be doing? Uh, we also have International Museum Day to look forward to, which is happening uh, for a lot of May. It's May 18th through May 31st and includes something called a stamp rally where you can earn stamps by viewing exhibits in the museum. Which is adorable. I wonder if you'll have to, like, if it'll require you to view exhibits that you don't have in your museum Mm. and therefore have to visit other people's museums. Yeah, that's a great idea. And then finally, uh, all of June is wedding season. So from June 1st to June 30th, Reese and Cyrus, who are two llamas from New Leaf, who had like a shop. Uh, they're getting married and you can stage their wedding pictures at Harvey's Island, which I love so much about this. I especially love how you, you and I, Patrick, were talking on Saturday, how like neither of us had really gone to Harvey's Island. I feel like I don't really have a reason to. So I like that some of these updates are like, hey, you should go check out this thing that maybe you're not getting very much use out of right now. Yeah. And like, uh, especially like wrapping it up in like, wedding season and that specifically that there are two characters that are getting married um like i wonder will they get married every year or is this something that like we're just going to get to experience because we're playing the game during the first june that it's out right well jumping ahead and then we'll come back and talk about what's left in here kind of like to your point uh the game's director i uh uh kyogoku uh, said in an interview with CNET that she hopes to del- continue surprising players with new content in two or three years down the road. Um, quote, Animal Crossing is a game where you're able to enjoy seasonal changes throughout the year and it syncs with real time. And through that, you are able to basically sync your real life with the game. We want to make sure that in two, th- two years or three years down the road, players will still continue to find new surprises in the game. So we hope to create an update that you can do that with. So yeah, I wonder if like, to your point, this is something we're going to get this year and maybe it doesn't show up for a while. Yeah, that, I mean, that, that would be really, really cool if this game somehow, instead of having like an annual cycle like uh, previous Animal Crossing games has like a three-year cycle or a four-year cycle or something where like there are reasons to come back to it for a long time. So, uh, okay, all these events sound great. The one I'm really confused by is the one that's happening right now, which is Nature Day. First of all, not a day, um, right. unless it is leading up to a specific Nature Day. The Okay, but the, the rest of them have all been called day, right? I, like, Bunny Day was called a day. <laughs> I guess the thing that I'm confused on is, like, the only thing that I can tell that you're supposed to be doing is uh, in the Nook Miles app, um, or in the Nook app, in Nook Miles, there's like once a day, there's like a new Nature Day thing you're supposed to do. Yeah. And I like, and Tom Nook tells you, hey, like if you participate, you'll you can get like a special thing at the end. But I'm unclear on what the like rules of engagement are. Like, am I supposed to do the um the task that's in Nook Miles every single day, and then if I do all of them, I get the thing? I just don't know. It's a great question. I've been doing, I think I've been doing them every day, but I may, I may have skipped a day. Um, something where I was like, decorate with flowers. And I was like, no, I'm planting flowers. I'm not decorating with them. And what does that mean, decorate with flowers? Just like put one down on the, pick yeah, one. Yeah, that's like, exactly what it means. Put it down. That's how, okay. Uh, I guess I figured it out. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and it was super easy. <laughs> 
Um, we also got some new visitors. Uh, one especially I was really looking forward to. So we got Leaf, uh, and he sells some garden items, including mm-hmm. hedges. So he introduces hedges to the game. Uh, he's a sloth. He's adorable. I like him a lot. He buys all. He buys your weeds for twenty bells, um, a like handful or whatever you call them. <laughs> yeah, I guess I don't know. <laughs> a bag full. Like, yeah, a bag full of weeds. Yeah, maybe. Um, and hedges are kind of fun. They're like not trees, not flowers, but they bloom at different times. So your hedges will be there all year long. But depending on what kind of uh, flowers are on your hedges, will change what season they bloom in. Um, and then the other visitor who I'm very excited to have back is Red, uh, who is like a fox who sells you art. And when you buy art from him, your museum expands. So Blathers will now house like art you bring him. But beware, because Red mm. is also selling counterfeit art. And it's up to you to figure out which is which, because Blathers won't yes. accept counterfeit art. And uh, neither will Nook's Cranny. You cannot sell counterfeit art to Nook's Cranny. So I don't know what to do with this painting I have, Mark, because <laughs> it's not real, and I don't want to put it up in my house. Do I have to buy a garbage can just so I can throw it away? <laughs> uh, give it to me, and I'll give it to Huck. All right, great. <laughs> um, the, uh, the So if you haven't encountered uh, Red yet... He is selling, the art he sells is like based on real life art, but you can tell the real from the fake because there's like one thing that's different or missing in the fake art than the real art. And so you totally have to like Google the original art to be able to tell if you like uh, are really trying to like figure it out, unless you really know your fine art. Well, and the thing is, it's tough because it's not as though like you look at the art and you automatically know what it's called or who painted it or what. Like you got to really do a little bit of research. And the first time I went into I went onto his ship to like buy some art, I was like, I'm just going to eyeball it. I'll see how I do. I tell you what, I did not do well. I did poorly. I bought counterfeit art. Um <laughs> Do you remember when Amazon... Okay, do you remember the Amazon phone? Sure. And do you remember they had that feature that I can't remember what it was called, um, where you could, like, uh, take a picture or hold up your camera to pretty much, like, anything, and it would tell you what it was? Okay. Okay, so at the time, it was, like, Firefly, something like that. It was, like, Amazon... And at the time, it was, like, oh, that's interesting, but, like, who's going to buy an Amazon phone? And now, we're all wishing we had Amazon phones where we could just hold it up uh, to our screens, let it see what art it is, and then tell us so we can then, like, really, like, look at it and see what's wrong with Reds. Yeah. What we need is a Shazam for art, is what we need. <laughs> that might that might exist. I wonder if this exists. Do you know what uh, Red does that is, like, my favorite thing that NPCs in this game do? Is when they're, like, being, like, a little bit sly or something, they get that, like, sparkle um, <laughs> thing that happens. I love that. Yeah. Uh, um, and Red, Red does it a lot. Uh, I I saw um, Imran Khan uh, uh, tweet this weekend that um, 
Red was on his island and he was like, oh, I'm going to deal with Red in a second. Red was just kind of like walking around uh, and he went to do uh, like a mystery island thing, came back, sold everything and suddenly had a ton of money and Red ran up to him. So like <laughs> Red spots a mark and is like, I'm going to get his money. <laughs> I re- yeah, I, I I really like Red a lot, and I love that he's on a ship. I am so happy yeah, that he's on great. a ship. Um, and then also very important, the shirts Isabel and Tom Nook wear are now available at the t- uh, Nook Miles machine for purchase, which is perfect. I love their clothes. <laughs> I want a Nook Inc. shirt. I'm gonna get one. It's gonna be great. Uh, also, I don't know if you, like, when you downloaded the update, you, uh, you probably got a letter in your mailbox saying that the, uh, interest rates on the savings accounts have gone down, which I thought was such a funny detail. So mean. Like, why do that? <laughs> I don't know. It doesn't make any sense. Especially because it's not like, it's not like you make a lot of money in the, I think I've only gotten interest in that game one time because otherwise, for the most part, if I have money that I'm not spending on like a bridge or, you know, there was a harp in my store the other day. So you bet I threw down 130,000 bells to buy that thing. Um, and then the next day there was a base that I spent another 82,000 bells on. Um, but if I have extra money, I'm paying off like a loan on my house. Yeah, right? I f- I feel like if you had if you are really investing in the um in turnips and you've like gone to somebody's island, you've been lucky and you have like millions of bells, then you could probably yeah. invest, you know, like a million and a half and just live off the interest for, you know, the rest of your Animal Crossing life. Just like real millionaires. <laughs> so uh I uh, the other day, I was like, "Why, why are my uh, turnip prices always so low? Because my my turnip prices are always abysmally low." And I looked up like a guide online to see if there's any way you can influence it, and there isn't. But uh, the thing said that it normally ranges from uh, fifty to two hundred bells, um, and you know that there are the occasional outliers of like five hundred, six hundred bells. Um, but that same day that I was looking to, like how to do this, my turnip prices got as low as 31 bells. <laughs> 31. <laughs> I'd rather they rot. <laughs> yeah, I've never had I've never seen good bell prices. I know that they exist for people, but I I have yeah. never experienced it myself. I I, w- I went to someone's island to sell uh turnips for like, you know, 500 bells one time. Uh, and it was great, and I paid off whatever remodel I was on. But I, I've never, never seen anything even remotely good on my island. Thirty-one bells. <laughs> A report from SuperDataResearch.com reveals that Animal Crossing New Horizons sold more digital copy units in a month of, which was March, than any other console game in history, with over five million digital copies sold. Uh, which is a remarkable little piece of information. Also, uh, like maybe good to just remember that for as big as we think the digital console games market is, it's not as big as the physical console games market. Um, maybe that's different now uh, if people are like moving to uh, digital purchases uh, because they're staying at home um, or what. But man, what a, what a huge number, 5 million digital copies sold. Uh, the NPD group had some other interesting sales figures for Animal Crossing. Uh, Animal Crossing is now the highest selling game, f- or sorry, is the highest selling game of March 2020 in the United States. 
Uh, New Horizons is the second best-selling game of all of 2020 year-to-date behind Call of Duty Modern Warfare, again in the U.S. Uh, It's also had the third highest launch month of any Nintendo-published game behind Smash Ultimate and Smash Brawl. And then the launch month sales in, like, revenue in dollars surpassed all other lifetime sales for Animal Crossing games. And by units sold, it is the best-selling game in the franchise's history. So, are we talking about this game too much? Maybe. Are we not talking about it enough? Also, probably, maybe. <laughs> huge, uh, huge success for Nintendo. You, I. Uh, so, you might have noticed this past week, like an article promoted in like the Switch newsfeed about uh, turning on two fa- two factor authentication for your Nintendo account, and it turns out that there's a good reason for that. Um, I'm kind of, I'm. Uh, summarizing this from an article from The Verge, but uh, Nintendo reported, at least in Japan, like on their support blog in Japan, that uh, they are disabling the ability to log into a Nintendo account through a Nintendo network ID, which is the old pre-Switch version of like Nintendo accounts that have now been like superseded by just a straight up Nintendo account. Um, right. So apparently there were like, what, okay. So what they say is that, uh, login ID and passwords for Nintendo network IDs were quote, obtained illegally by some means other than our service, uh, sometime since the beginning of April. And so people who were affected, they, it's like 160,000 accounts. People who were affected, their nicknames, date of birth, country, and email addresses um, could have been accessed during the breach. And some accounts have seen, like, fraudulent purchases. So Nintendo is, like, resetting the password for all affected accounts. They're disabling the ability to log in through an, to a Nintendo account through a Nintendo uh, network ID at all going forward. And um, they're, like, recommending that everybody enable two-factor authentication. Uh, which is uh, good, and they're also notifying people that have had that have had their data possibly exposed um, by email. So that is uh, good. Um, if you get one of those emails, definitely uh, change your password and all that stuff. Uh, do you use two-factor uh, authentication on I, your Switch account? I do. Yeah, I try. I use it pretty much everywhere that I that I can mm-hmm. that it exists. Good. Um, on a previous episode, we talked about Hamster, the company behind the Arcade Archive series, and how they had like consecutively had new releases every week for like the longest amount of time of any like video game publisher ever. Every week since the Switch launched, they've had uh, an Arcade Archives. And we were worried that they were going to hit a snag because uh, Ciro, uh, or C-E-R-O, the Japanese ratings board, is like due to the national emergency in Japan um not issuing new ratings but uh during a live stream last week hamster confirmed another round of games are coming to switch uh burger time burn and rubber trio the punch and darwin 4078 and it's possible they still won't be rated in Japan it's not clear whether that's going to affect the release worldwide 
but it seems like they are barreling forward as though they are going to be released and that their uh, record will be unbroken, which is, of course, what we hope for. Look, I'm a, I'm a big fan of a video game release world record. Let's keep this bad boy going. Yeah, we are rooting for you, hamster. And look, uh, Burger Time, that's an okay game. So like, <laughs> And truly, that is the one of that list that I am familiar with at all. <laughs> uh, Monster Prom XXL is coming to Switch digitally on May 21st. It includes the main game, the second term DLC, and all seasonal content released through the game's lifespan. Right, and I know we don't normally just talk about, like, here's an indie game that's coming to Switch, uh, and here's a release date um, until we're, like, upon it. Uh, But Monster Prom is great. It is a competitive dating game where you date monsters in high school. Um, So, like, you and other players, uh, both locally and uh, online, can try to romance like a a, a a jockey wolfman a um like mean girl medusa and a bunch of others and the writing is great it is funny um it is uh like progressive and like uh just gay enough and i uh, like it's i really really like this game did you play it at, i was trying to remember did you play it at comic con is that where you f- saw it yeah. for the first time yeah, I saw it for the first time at Comic-Con with um, Kelly and Ryan, um, and we all played it together then. And then uh, just recently, just a couple weeks ago, uh, the three of us were playing it online on um, the computer together. Um, and I will absolutely buy this game again and uh, d- encourage everyone to uh, pick it up. It is a ton of fun and like a, a good way a good like social game to play because like um the dialogue is too funny to like just sit there and read by yourself um it's uh when the three of us are playing together we like took turns reading the character parts and like it just turned into this like fun comedy theater uh experience uh where you know you're trying to date uh, a, a robot man so like it's great uh some splatoon 2 news uh update version 5.2.0 was released last last week which is mostly weapon rebalancing uh like we'd mentioned earlier the major updates for the game are over with but they continue to release these like minor updates occasionally mhm um but also a new demo for the game is available from uh April 29th to May 6th the demo allows players to play online with people playing the full game which is pretty cool yeah, uh, uh, agreed. Um, it's uh, I I like that Nintendo is like doing these like demo periods for uh, there's games that like need a little bit more like online or like more player base. Um, like Splatoon is definitely one of those, and Arms just had uh, you know, its sort of demo period as well. They're also going to be doing a like encore Splatfest, which is really weird. So Splatfest is back. <laughs> starting May 22nd at 3 p.m. Pacific time, they're doing mayo versus ketchup for Again. unknown reasons. Yeah, this was the first like official Splatfest of uh, Splatoon 2's life way back in 2017. And they're bringing it back in the year of our Lord 2020. <laughs> Mark, I'll, I'll be honest. I'm tempted to go back for it. <laughs> it's a good reason to. I love to. Splatfest. Splatfest were yeah. always a good reason to go back, for sure. Uh, do we need to have Casey back on the show to relitigate mayo versus ketchup? <laughs> I do think we need to. The time has come. 
And you know, like uh, we've it- changed, we've changed so much since the final Splatfest. Maybe I'm just putting it out there. We need to relitigate all of them because times have changed. Whoa. My tastes have Whoa. changed. Yeah, great point. Um, you should check out. We do have a previous episode where we went back and definitively um, determined the winner of each Splatfest. It's a great episode. You should go check it out. Uh, I know we disavowed talking about Dr. Mario World, but we're going to do it again because on April 27th, we're getting some new doctors and they're dumb in the best way possible and worth talking about. Yes. So they are uh, Dr. Lockatoo, which is like a normal amount of dumb, right? But uh, uh, a truly exceptional amount of dumb is Dr. Goomba Tower. This is three Goombas stepped, stacked on top of each other wearing a lab coat. Mark, are you Googling it right now? I am Googling it right now. And the reason I love it so much, I wanted to see the image. I wanted to see them, you know, like being doctors. And the reason why this was, this is really no, like. they're one doctor. Yeah, they're not that doctors. Is, yes, that, that is such a good point. Like, that's the part that tickles me so much is that collectively they were able to become a doctor. But separate, you know, like, if you lose one of them, if it's just mm-hmm. two Goombas on a tower, I mean, can you even not really enough. call it a Goomba tower at that point? No. And certainly not a doctor. <laughs> certainly not a doctor. So if nothing else, bless you, Dr. Mario World, for continuing to find just, like, the most insane characters to, like... Grant honorary doctorates too. Yeah, it's it's very good. Nice work. Uh, finally, yesterday, April twenty seventh, was the twentieth anniversary of the Legend of Zelda: Majora's Mask, which is all well and good. But importantly, it's the twentieth anniversary of Tingle. So congratulations wow. to all of us for living in a world yes. where Tingle ex- has existed for the past twenty years. Now, does that mean that? Tingle is now a like 58 year old man. <laughs> uh, I think Tingle is ageless, like, um, you know, good classical music mm-hmm. and The Simpsons characters. <laughs> All right, Mark, let's get out of the news. Okay, that's going to do it for this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society. Remember, please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. If you like the episode, you can share it on Facebook or Twitter or wherever you share stuff. We love it when you do. Um, follow us on Twitter. I'm at Patrick underscore Eilers. Mark is at MKA Mitchell, and the show is at Nincart Society. There's also a Facebook page, which is just Nintendo Cartridge Society. Olivia Duncan made our logo. Our theme music, I'm actually going to pause it right here um, because 8-Bit Betty, who does our theme music, just put out a cover of uh, Prince's Nothing Compares to You um, that is available on his website, apipetty.com. Um, and it is great. It has got, it's got that like thick 8-bit sound to it and that like computery voice that he uses. Mm, it's beautiful. Go check it out. Give him a listen there. Uh, apipetty.com. Do it. Uh, and also listen to this music right now. my co-host mark mitchell this is patrick eller saying thank you for listening my name
name is Will Himes, and I am a ghostwriter, meaning I write other people's books for them. And I have a podcast called I Will Write Your Book, which are recordings of my meetings with my eccentric clients, such as a woman blocked after one sentence of a children's book about her dogs, a romance novelist who dislikes sex, and a man proud of having sampled everything in his local grocery store. This podcast has been described as fully improvised, played by some of the best comedians on the planet Earth. Hey, that's pretty good. That's I Will Write Your Book on Campfire Media. Campfire.